it's one of my best traits is like my mental fortitude and like the way I approach fighting from a mental aspect. But I'm like, it's like sharpening a sword. I'm like, I could be even better at this. Welcome back to the Pohada Podcast. As usual, if you dig the show, check it out on social media at the Pohada Podcast, as well as at Pohada Photography, and maybe even share it with a friend. This is a show where we talk about jujitsu with jujitsu people, very often black belts, but also very often I'll speak with MMA fighters, and this time around we've got one of those. Before we jump into this episode, it is brought to us by Hubcap Productions. This is my friend James, who if you don't already know him from the MSMA Uncommon Classic in Chicago City, Minnesota, you'll know him as he becomes more and more the go-to figure for fight camp promotion for local fighters. He gets a huge shout out in this episode with our guest, Devin Lose out of Leading Edge MMA in Thunder Bay, Ontario, yes, Canada, with the help of our mutual friend and podcast regular, Morgan Fraser. Without further ado, here we go. I don't know whether we start this making fun of the Canadian commitment to frosted tips. Yeah, or, yeah true. Or <laughs> the, are, we're both natural blonde. Or the, the <laughs> dorky sunglasses photo you made James take earlier. Yeah, it's going to be a dope photo. It's, it's we lead. didn't make them. It just happened naturally. Yeah, completely organic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wait, you're not Canadian? No way, man. I'm out what? here. Yeah, uh, there you go. There you go. Is there I a lot? Of, is there any other Canadians here that train here? At M Theory specifically, there's a couple, there's a couple kids here that, that are Canadian. That, yeah. yeah. How are there Canadian kids here? I don't know. Adopted. Yeah, they're they're from like PEI or something. We buy them. We buy them. <laughs> U.S. buys. We the imported kids. them. What is we that about? <laughs> For their jujitsu skill. Yeah. All right, boys, introduce yourselves. Oh, are we on right We're now? On. We're rocking. We're baby. rocking. Yeah. It's good thing you didn't fucking curse or not. My name, my name is Devin the Dream Lose. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter from uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Shout the gym, bro. Leading edge MMA in Thunder Bay. That's your spot too, originally, right? Yeah, originally. Yeah, I'm Morgan Fraser. Yeah, I'm uh, just hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) A a regular staple of this dumb podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you doing down here, Devin? Uh, So I was cornering uh, my teammate kelton sneeve who's also from thunder bay uh he yeah, he, yeah he won he fought for lfa last night his first uh lfa fight dominated uh first round tko it was a dominant performance it was awesome though hell yeah nice tell me about uh what you're training for here today when you're rolling so yeah i'm just training i got a title fight for ignite fighting championship in minneapolis february 17th so i'm fighting a minneapolis a guy from the academy named sean stebbins we're fighting for the vacant uh professional flyweight championship so i'm flying out to vegas tonight so i stopped into m theory because uh you know i know morgan he's a good guy and he uh let me come in here and get my ass kicked by some jujitsu killers is that accurate morgan uh i think you got the better of me (laughs) i mean we're just we're training right like you know i just like to get different looks you know it's 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 good to just come in and like you know you don't you don't know what uh i didn't know what the like i know morgan i know kind of how he rolls but it's like every time i feel like everyone just keeps getting better right like the last yeah. time we trained oh, yeah. i feel like we're both just better than then um and then i trained with some new guys too the the impossible to submit guy and oh the, butcher butcher he, the impossible and, and, to submit <laughs> guy. yeah he's he's gonna be a, he's a minnesota legend here yeah he is i was actually in the midst of a role today watching somebody on his back with like the deepest choke i've seen in yeah. a long time and he was just not 
yeah, given I, into I it. I put him in a deep guillotine, like a high uh, high elbow that I finish a lot of people with, and he was like, nah. he was like yeah. he was making noise, so I was like, yeah. it's tight, but he was not ready to tap. And yeah, I was his, like, all his, right. His defense lately to rear naked chokes are he just stands up, and then you have a fear that if he falls, if he gets choked out and falls asleep, he's gonna fall and you're gonna hurt yourself. So I think people just let go. Yeah, that's his, that's his new strategy. <laughs> so we gotta come up with a nickname for him, like the. What's what's the butcher mean? I don't know, bro. Isn't it because he like worked at a butcher <laughs> yeah, shop he, for like two he's weeks? He's had many jobs, but yeah, he's pretty terrifying nickname. Honestly, yeah. if you're fighting it a guy stuck. even in MMA and their name's the butcher, you're like, am I getting butchered, or what's <laughs> Probably, fucking happening? Yeah. So. Tell me about last fight. What was your last fight? So my last fight, I fought uh, in Ignite as well. It was in Minneapolis in November. I fought uh, a guy named Ho- Oscar Gerardo. He was three and one as a pro. He's a tough kid, striker, but uh, you know I dominated him, beat him up on the feet, took him down, uh, and then TKO'd him in the second round. But it was a it was a good fight, a good test, and uh, it set me up for this title fight. So. What you doing fighting down here all the time? You ain't got fights in Canada? What's the, what? We we do, but it, the, honestly, it's a lot easier to get fights in the states. Like there's events every weekend in Canada. They're fewer and uh, far between. You know, it's huh. it's harder to get the fights. Medical uh, medicals are quite a bit tougher. And then for me too, you know, my goal is to get to the UFC. I want to build my name in America too, because that's the UFC's out of here. That's kind of you know the the way to do it. You got to fight internationally when you're Canadian. So I'm trying to build build myself all over America. I fought. I think for 10 different promotions now, or eight different promotions, almost 10, yeah, eight different promotions, amateur and pro. Across what kind of time frame? I mean, uh, is that like 10 years of fights, well, or is since, that just I've, a few? I've only started fighting amateur in 2018, so since then, um, all six of my pro fights leading up to now were all different promotions, and then amateur, I had a few different, so... Is that, I mean, it's just a necessary evil. You got to jump promotions it, it to get is, the fights and, in. Yeah, and for me, I've I kind of I came in with the mindset of uh, the more I can make myself uncomfortable by just going to you know I fought in Pittsburgh, uh, Minneapolis now for uh, LFA once I fought for Ignite. Um, where else have I fought Edmonton? Like you know I'm just trying to put myself in these uncomfortable environments. Um, I've seen a lot of guys coming up you know and they kind of get protected in promotions they fight for one promotion they get easy matchups and then when they get the call to the big league you know now they have to go to a new environment and it's it's kind of foreign to them so for me Mm. i just like going out and fighting all over and just getting uncomfortable seeing new environments and evolving yeah you've never had easy matches i noticed that a lot of the matchups yeah i've seen that too guys get like protected yeah they get to choose their opponents or you know they know the the matchmakers i've seen you go through killers yeah i've I've fought only basically only tough guys you know like they like jujitsu black belts tough wrestlers tough tough strikers everything in different promotions because when you go and travel like that you don't really get a say in any matchups i haven't had a say in a single matchup the only thing i've had to say is yes i'll fight this guy that's the only thing you know it's either that or don't take the fights and like i like to be active and i want to fight you know and i want to get to the highest level in the sport and i think it's just like training you know jujitsu here it's like you know you bounce around gyms to get better you don't just stay here and roll with one guy you know you could beat you know you got to go test yourself that's exactly what i do i stay here and i I roll with people i know i can beat (laughs) that's also that's good maybe good for what you're doing different track yeah yeah, but for what i'm trying to do um get to the ufc which is the highest level is like i think it's smart to go around and test yourself against a bunch of different guys and not be protected mm-hmm. you know this is the fir- this is the first time this title fight is the first time i'm fighting for the same promotion twice for that reason because it's uh, a title fight but i'm like normally i'm like hey what what else I'll, what else is out there you know every promotion i fought right. for wanted me back lfa included like all these promotions like hey you want to fight again and i'm like yeah 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 let just give me some time and then something else would pop up and i uh, yeah i just take the matchup so yeah. you know 
Yeah. And when you're talking about putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation, you're literally meaning the travel yeah. and the bullshit. Yeah. Because when you get to the next level, it's a lot of travel and bullshit. A lot of, yeah. So I've been all over. You know, I've been, to, even with my training camps, I've been to Thailand. I go to, I've been to TriStar, Rufus Sport. I'm going to Extreme Couture tonight. You know, I love going, like, the next best thing for fighting itself is going into these gyms full of killers and sparring guys. You know, like, yeah, you're, we're not fighting to the death, but it's like, you know, 80% of a fight in the gym. So it's like, that's experience as well. So I feel like I'm more experienced than my record shows, you know? And I think sure. that will, it will show in the fight because the, the guy I'm fighting next has a lot more fights than me, amateur and pro combined. But I think I'm more of a veteran because I've been in more uncomfortable environments. I've been trained a lot all over the world and that's experience. You're kind of doing the old school road warrior, go where the fight is kind of yeah. thing. It's yeah. a little grittier, grittier task. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like when you're from Thunder Bay, Ontario, where we're from, like Morgan, Morgan knows it. it's like even for jujitsu, you can't even compete there. So you kind of, you got to be a road guy. You got to travel. But that, you know, I, at first you could look at it as like a disadvantage, but it, for me, it's became my advantage is like, you know, I go all over fight anybody, build a good experience, and it's like it's an advantage, I think. It's, that's such a good point. And Thunder Bay is the new Dagestan. <laughs> Just you <laughs> got to travel. You gotta... There's a couple mountains there. <laughs> but traveling to train and, and getting different experiences, you, you recognize how valuable that is. The more yeah. variation that you can get from person to person, yeah. you, you need lots of variation so that like your skills become immune to novelty so that yeah. you can go out there against the guy in a professional setting that you've never touched before. But instantly when you start that match and you start touching, it's like, no, I felt someone like this before. Yeah, felt someone similar, similar. Or, or even someone better. Because you're never going to get an exact replica of exactly. guys, you know, but you could find guys that are better everywhere and then you kind of piece it together. But it's like if you train with the same guys all the time, you guys know, even jujitsu MMA, my training partners, we know each other so well. We know what we need to stop and when we need to do it. So it's like, it's hard to really grow. I find sparring back home a lot of times is like, I got to come up with crazy ways to make the boys work. You know, we got to do very, you know, like different style of training. Cause if we just spar each other, it's like, okay, I know you're going to do this. So I'm going to stop it. And it's like, you know, we don't really grow. So it's like, we got to make ourselves uncomfortable by being like, Hey, we're starting, you know, on the back with a body triangle, you know, and you're, you're allowed to hit and you start punching the guy and now the guy's got to get out so it's like you got to we got to shake things up a lot back home in a smaller environment but that's why i go put myself in these environments where it's like i'm gonna go there and it's like i know i'm gonna get my ass kicked a lot by some top level ufc guys but it's like i'm also gonna hang in there and give them good work and that that's for me that's what breeds a lot of confidence winning and beating guys doesn't make me confident if i come into the gym today and you submit me fuck i'm coming back tomorrow and i'm like that shit ain't happening again if it happens again, then fuck. I'm like, okay, well, tomorrow, the next day, it ain't happening. You know, like right. for me, I feel like that's a strong mentality is when you lose in the gym, it just makes you better. You know, like sometimes you don't know how, but you're like, I need to figure a way out. You know, I got to ask, you know, Morgan puts me in a submission. I got to ask him, what did you do there, man? Oh, I did this, this, this. Okay, thanks, man. Now I'm yeah. going to stop it. Right. So overcoming is where the confidence comes from. Yeah. Not you know, from just being just the best beating in the up, room. you know, like if I wanted to be, it's like, I just, you know, I coach kids. It's like, it'd be like if I just went in there and just foot swept all my kids all camp, you know, like, or it's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious, but it's not going to make you a better fighter. Right. Right. Or just, you know, like there's always, everyone knows that you train in a gym. There's always guys that are like, you know, you know, yeah, they, they could push you a bit, but you're always going to beat them. But it's like, if you're always calling for those rounds and everyone, you, everyone, ha like every room has those guys that are always looking for the guys that they could just dominate you. Apparently, I did it today. <laughs> there was no white belts here last night, so I was happy to see some white belts today. You know, yeah. Yeah. one of the things that we do here, or a lot of the guys do, is 
you know, as you start sparring, going through the rounds, see if you have eight rounds to do. A lot of times, as you start getting tired, you know, you might start looking for the easier guys. Yeah. So a lot of guys, what they do is they pick their partners and we'll go beforehand. I stole this from Marcus, by the way. Yeah. And he'll pick out, like, <laughs> hey, Siobhan, like, round four. Like, yeah. You, like, round five. So you, beforehand, you're like, I got the toughest night tonight. And then you just got to slog through it. There's yeah. no there's no skipping, you know, those tough guys at the at the end of the day when you've gotten tired. Yeah, You're deliberately I mean, picking the tougher guys yeah. for later in the day. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, I, I I like that mentality too. But I I find too there's sometimes if I know who I'm going with and I know they're really good, oh, you plan you your energy up. You can kind of coast in some rounds. Yeah. So I like to just you know I go with it, I go and I go hard, I exhaust, and then I look you know at a killer and I'm like let's go right now you know because like I like that feeling of you know your arms are kind of shot up with blood because you just fucking chased you know a bunch of guillotines arm triangle you know like you're just flowing through submissions and then you're like hey now this guy wants to wrestle me for mma i feel like that's great for my like using my jiu-jitsu training like because there's some guys that just go right to their back and it's like if i want a break i could just sit there and just defend so i you know i like it like the guys i trained with today like you the guys we were scrambling a lot and moving a lot so like i kind of have to pick pieces of jiu-jitsu that are going to value my mma game you know because i'm not a pure jiu-jitsu guy so Find the harder edges of the jiu-jitsu yeah, stuff because you know, that's guy, what applies to MMA. Yeah, and or just the guys that – I like guys. Like, I'm fighting a wrestler. I'm not going to – I never come into a gym and I'm like, hey, you have to shoot takedowns on me. But I fa- found the guys that did. They they were shooting. Mm-hmm. So, perfect. Yeah. You know? They're taking the gi top off. They're probably willing to wrestle. Yeah. And that's – yeah, <laughs> we were talking about before. It's kind of like a missing piece. You know, like the the – the wrestlers have figured out jujitsu and like a lot of the old school, like some of the jujitsu guys are now like, you're seeing a lot more wrestling. Yeah. And I think like, I think it's the coolest style, honestly, like folk style wrestling with rides and taking the back mixed with like black belt level jujitsu. I think that's the coolest. Yeah. Adding in the submissions. It, it's yeah. It, change, it changes everything. I, I like to see it too. It's, a, it's an exciting sport when you're yeah. actually fighting for top position and yeah. fighting for those top things. And, and you're seeing like, you know, you can have like really good wrestlers come into the room and, you know, guys who are doing, who are really good at jujitsu, they yeah. can still like, you know, beat them even yeah. with, because of the threat of the back take and the threat of the guillotine. Yeah. It changes everything. Yeah. So it's cool to mix those in and watch guys develop skills. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, if you've trained with any high, like I've trained with some division one wrestlers, guys in the UFC that are strong wrestlers. And like, I'm a wrestler as well, but not that level. And like some of them, it's like, you go to jump on choke it's like they're like it's like a brick wall they're just so stiff and you're like what do i how do i get through this you know like even guys that don't have jujitsu i've trained with guys from lake lakehead like Mm -hmm. that i'm like they don't even have jujitsu and they're like let's fuck around and it's like it will take me a couple minutes to find a submission because they're just so stiff i'm like imagine you teach this guy some basic defense because they're just doing like wrestling stuff you know shrugging the shoulders defending and i'm like you know it's dangerous it's a classic thing of the more diverse somebody's toolbox gets, yeah, the more nightmarish the whole game becomes, yeah. more entertaining as well. Did you allude to the fact that it's tough to find uh, jujitsu fights up in Thunder Bay too? Yeah, it is. Like well, there's not there's, a tournament circuit for no that either. It's nothing no. locally. You got to travel. Like people come down to Minneapolis a lot because it's close. I don't know what it is there. Like there's not a lot of gyms, so maybe it like and sure. there's not someone promoting yeah. and wanting to put it on there's something. Just, yeah, there's too much space. M- Minneapolis is the closest spot to compete yeah. if you're from like northern ontario that's why yeah you get so many there's a lot games. of barriers you got to really push down and go after and you got to really want it i think when i'm done fighting professionally i i, I want to coach at 
my gym now leading edge, you know, or maybe run leading edge or a gym like that someday mm -hmm. and have my own space. And one thing I want to do is push to have competitions there for yeah. amateur MMA, jujitsu, you know, just right. put on fun events so that people could, cause I think a lot of kids in Thunder Bay, they don't even see it as an option. Because they're like, well, there's no fights here, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Oh, all the guys that are professional have to go all over. And it just seems like too much, you know? Right. Like, it's like going to play in the NHL. It's like, you know, some kids are like, well, fuck, I got to move away from, you know, I got to yeah. move away, go live at some random person's house to get to that level. Um, but if they seen, if they go to a live fight and they watch it, it's like they're inspired. I was at the LFA fights last night. I'm walking out of the, we were walking out of the back and like some mom was asking like a mm -hmm. two 12 year olds, like, did you enjoy it? And they're like, we loved it. And I'm like, those kids are probably inspired to fight. Right. Not that they need to, but if they want to, they got to go watch high right. level MMA. It, they probably, I'm assuming they live here, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's dope. And the difference is they got to go to a gym today and check it out. After yeah. After going yeah. to watch it where it sounds like up there, it might not be as readily the option, both yeah. the gym or the tournament. So you got to, yeah. you got to start the federation but and I think get honestly, some fights going. You see, even in LFA, the guys that we bring down here, it's like the Canadians were always tough. We're hard to beat because we have to train for so long. Most guys that train for three, four, five years before they get an amateur fight. Guys here train for six months and they jump right in because there's so many options. So they're not as refined. All the guys that we have fight out of our gym are always well-rounded, good, yeah. tough motherfuckers. Well, right? and, and committed because you've yeah. been training for two yeah. years without the option of yeah. even trying yeah. it. And yet. we, I, I tell guys that on purpose that I train that are amateur. I'm like, you got to be prepared to show up to this gym every day, train, you know, back to back three classes, spar for three years and get a fight. And then you see some guys and you could see the look in their eye that they're like, I'm not willing to do that. Then I'm yeah. like, okay, we don't want, like, you know, then it's not worth it in the long run anyways. That's the but guy it, That's the guy that would do two or three fights down here, lose two of them, and yeah. then quit. Yeah, exactly. So, But then you see the guys that are like, yes, sir, like soldiers, and you're yeah. like, okay. You're like, you're going to be prepared, and then they'll probably get in there in a year and a half. But it's like, it's for your own sake. You know, like mm -hmm. jujitsu guys know it too. Like you train with guys, it's like, do you really want to jump in there unprepared without striking? Like would you really feel comfortable in an MMA fight? Even if you're good at jujitsu, when you know a guy could pound you, or you got to take them down first and close distance, like it's a scary sport. <laughs> yes, it is. Please don't punch me. <laughs> so there was a camera in here today, James. How yeah. do you want to talk about what's going on with that? Uh, yeah, Road to Gold. It's called. Yeah, it's called Road to Gold. It's uh, like basically a short docu series on Instagram. So James uh, Hub Cap Productions. He's a local guy in Minneapolis. He was actually. It's a very cool story. He was at my last fight for Ignite filming Ozzy the Judge. judge yep. um, he was filming him, his alleged last fight, but he's fighting again, which is funny. But no, James was there just doing some filming, blah, blah, blah. And like I went out, had a great performance, and I talked about the UFC, which I've done in a lot of my fights. I like to put it out there. I posted on Instagram. I haven't, I was, I haven't been afraid since I was 12-year-old to tell people that I want to fight in the UFC because that's my goal. Why should I be afraid to say it, right? Like, you know, and a lot of people won't say it because they're like, well, if I don't get there, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's a I face just saving thing I, for a lot yeah. of people. So I said it and then, you know, I went back home and then James uh, sent me some photos, videos and stuff. And then we were just kind of connecting. And then he asked me to jump on a call. A um, lot more details, but I'm just kind of summarizing mm -hmm. it. And then mm -hmm. he basically was like, you know, like, I don't know how many fighters there was. There was probably 60 fighters on that card, amateur and pro. And he's like, you're the only one that mentioned the UFC. And even me, I'm like, well, I was like, it kind of clicked in my head i'm like what what and i'm like nobody else is like you know putting it out there so it kind of i think it made me stand out to him and then we just connected right off the bat and then he kind of it was his idea it was like hey what do you think about me coming up to film 
And then we just kind of jumped right on it. And then he came up to Thunder Bay, lived at my house for five days. We shot a bunch. And, you know, we're just kind of trying to tell my story, like something very unique, um, you know, my about my upbringing, uh, my my dream of becoming a UFC fighter, um, and a lot more to come. So it's kind of, yeah, it's a short docuseries. He's going to be at the fight as well. He was here filming today. We're working on a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. So you can check that out on my Instagram at da. L-O-Z-E-J, and then Hubcat Productions as well. It's going to be on both our pages. Um, really cool stuff, though, because I feel like a lot of MMA stuff these days is just training highlights, right? It's just guys beating the shit out of each other, hitting the bag, which is all cool. People want to see it, but it's like, this is really like storytelling. We're trying to tell a story of yeah, like... You're being what, vulnerable, too, yeah. and guys like like that. Yeah, yeah, like and just telling my stories like to people, and like I think like... I just think it's like going to be something to like, I'm going to be super proud to look back on when it's all said and done too. Cause like, this is something that's like, you know, you don't get to like, do I really, I'm not going to care about watching myself hit the bag or spar <laughs> 10 years yeah. from now, but this is something I'll be able to sit down or my kids will be able to watch. Right. Um, and you don't see a lot of it on Instagram. We're, we're kind of in that TikTok generation. Everyone wants to see a 10 second clip. Yeah. Like this stuff is, you know, they're just a few minute videos. So if you got time to go check them out and yeah, really get to well know done. me, um, I feel like they're like, you know, the first two were a little bit slower and they're kind of emotional for me anyways, because it's, I'm the one that's in them. So for me, they're kind of a little emotional, but I feel like they're going to, you know, kind of ramp up towards the fight um, and start to, you know, show more of my, my fighting side and the, my, my current persona and the way I am. But the, the, it started with, you know, my upbringing, mm -hmm. why I have the dream, why my nickname's the dream. So I, I, it's super cool, man. And I can't, uh, thank James enough for doing this because I mean it, like yeah this is uh and it takes someone special to do it and James has the vision for it I feel like we think alike too our minds like anytime we text or call about ideas it's like we're on the same page which you know I'm sure it could be frustrating I've hired video photo guys in the past and it's like I don't know it's like they're stupid or it's like amateur like I call them like amateurs because it's like that's how I think of life I'm like there's amateurs and there's pros James a fucking pro when it comes to this so it's like he's doing a great job and it's like and we think alike and he and he's a, a martial artist himself so he understands what shots he needs to get what's he, what he needs to do right yeah, and he's never yeah. in the way it's like i like the time he was there i'm like like are you like you've been getting footage and then we're back at my house and i'm like he fucking got he didn't miss anything right but he's out of the way which is that's nice too right yeah, because yeah. i mean i'm in training camp right now my priority is getting ready to win this fight it's not to do interviews yeah. or so that's why like, you hire him. Let that, him do yeah, that. Yeah, that he's doing all, but he stays yeah. out of the way. Yeah. And it's like, but he gets everything. So it's yeah. gonna be cool when it's when it's all done. I can kind of see it already. Yeah. And the payoff's gonna be sweet when it's all done. It's like yeah. it's gonna look like the hero's journey. Yeah. You know, yeah. From start to finish. Anything that brings the human touch, the human element back into a thing. Because you're exactly right. So much media in so many sports is highlight reels. Yeah. Quick, flashy, like here's the mechanics of it. It's like well, yeah, there, you there's go way more depth to this. Sports though. center, it's like guys just dunking the basketball. Yeah. Cool. And it's just like and I know it's just basketball, but it's like some people want to know it's like, well, why? Like it's like I don't know if you guys watched The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan uh documentary on yeah, Netflix. I did not. No, like awesome. I'm not even into basketball, but I'm like, I like to hear why this guy's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Like what did he go through? Like, you know, the ins and out, like, yeah, sure, I'll, like you see him practicing every day, but it's just like, why is he at that level of mentality? How did this come to fruition? So that's kind of like not specifically with the last dance, but mm -hmm. we're trying to tell like the ins and outs. And for me, that's the coolest stuff. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by MMA and I like to hear 
guys' stories and right. why they came up and why why they're fighting. You know, and I feel like it just will make people believe in me even more. Because if someone watches you fight, they're like, "Oh, damn, this guy's a tough guy," and that's all yeah. they have to base you off. But if they if they really hear your story and they know you're unbreakable, and I think uh, my mentality separates me from a lot of guys on, and there's layers of it, right? Not just being tough. It's you know why you're fighting, like you know who you got behind you, who you love. Everything right. like that. So it's yeah, I can't weird. relate to Michael Jordan shooting <laughs> jump shots. Yeah. That's cool. My jump shot's terrible. I would yeah. assume I haven't touched yeah. a basketball yeah. in twenty years. But uh, what I, I can relate to is failures and successes and his life path yeah. along the way. Right. Excellent. That's that's the part that's going to pull me in. Pressure, competition. Yeah, and just I like the, like the thing with him is like taking things personally. It's just like I'm the same way. Like if you, it's a great meme. Text, yeah, no, and I, no, but it's like if you text me to train or whatever, and it's just like, and then you don't show up. It's like. I'm pissed at you, even if you're my friend, because it's like you wasted my time and now I'm not getting better. So it's just like, you know, it, it takes people like that. And I feel like I'm kind of I've pushed myself into that role in the gym, um, just being like kind of like the guy that keeps everyone for MMA. Anyways, the guys that I train with in line, like, hey, you got to be here. We got to train. You got to spar. You got to fight. Well, yeah, you got to get your rounds. And I don't care if you're fucking tired, blah, blah, blah. You know, so like a little bit of that mentality helps and people, you know, people like, like sometimes they hate that, but it's like, everyone needs it. Right. Everyone needs someone pushing you, bringing you to the gym, you know, like, cause there's so many factors outside in life that are like, you know, keep you outside. So it's like, it's good to have the, the loved ones around you. Um, like my girlfriend too, back home, like she's very, like, she's never once told me don't go train. Don't, you know, like never once. It's always just like, you know, she's always just supportive. Like she just lets me do my thing. She understands if I got to be at the gym for seven hours, then I got to be at the gym for seven hours. You know, there's no like, you know, it's, awesome. it's, it's my priority. You need that. Yeah, I need that. It's my priority. It's and I, I like we, we talk from the start. I'm like, this is the number one to me. You know, I've almost put, it sounds crazy, but like my dream and everything, it's almost like in front of, it's more important to me than family, friends, all that stuff. Not that I, like, I love my family and everything, but I'm like, you know. Yeah, you, like you almost have to artificially yeah, put it ahead because there's a time limit on it, yeah, right? Yeah, it's time limit. So right now in my life, it's my number one priority. Yeah. I can get, you know, like, you know, you build family through this too. So I have a lot of family that's not my blood, you know, because your blood could stab you in the back or not support you or whatever, you know, but it's like the people I've built around. And like, for me, this is always going to be there. You know, I've, I've said it. And like, I think in the road to gold, some of the stuff, it's like I've talked about it or it's going to be in some of the next episodes is like, you know, when I've struggled in life, the gym was always there for me. You know, when I've went through stuff, you know, family members passing, just things like that. It's like I've been able to just go to the gym and like have an outlet and just go there. And, you know, it doesn't matter what happened. You know, everyone's like that. You're back home. Yep. You get a fucking parking ticket, some bullshit. And you're like, ah, <laughs> you go to the gym. It just doesn't matter anymore. You just, you know, you throw someone yeah. in a guillotine or you get choked. You know, like right. everything just goes away for that short period of time. So it's like I love that about training is like, yeah. I was wondering if you you could talk about um, Matt Riche a yeah. little bit because he doesn't get a lot of you know doesn't get talked about not a, maybe not a lot of credit you know a guy that's been around for a long time it, maybe yeah. just like if you can talk about that and then on top of that like wh where do you see the role of a coach yeah because a lot of this fighting stuff what you're doing is yeah. you you know you're you're self sufficient in, in yeah. a lot of ways yeah. like you know how to train you know yeah. what to do so what. What yeah. to you is like the role of a coach? Is it what? someone who provides? Is it someone who supports? Yeah, I think like the role of a coach, especially for Matt, and he's one of the best coaches I've seen because I've been like, you know, coaching isn't just about techniques, you know, like what can you offer? It's about being supportive, 
being there for you and like kind of just being a guide. Like Matt's always just been a guide to me. You know, he's just keeping me on track. You know, obviously he's, he knows a lot of technique. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's like, you know, so I always bounce things off him, but it's almost like, I don't know, it's weird. It's like a relationship. Like we can, you know, I can come to him and say, hey, what do you think about me doing this in the fight or approaching the fight from this angle? And he says, I love it. Or he says, what about this? And then I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. You know, like, so we, it's almost like we, like, you know, it's like, we're like, it's not him just telling me you have to do this. You have to do this. He sets me free. You know, he allows me to go train all over and he pushes me to go, you know, he's like, this can't, he's like big fight. Where are you, where are you going to go? Where are you got to go? And then we kind of, we, we came on extreme Katori. I looked up some gyms and I was like, I think I'd like to go there. And he's like, let's get you there. He's never held me back. He's always just set me free. And it's like, we come in and we just brainstorm, you know, like, like he just guides me, runs a lot of the sessions, but then Every once in a while, I'm like, hey, Matt, I'm like, I'm really feeling this. I'm like, I, I like, I feel this in the fight. I really want to work on this setup approach. And he's like, let's do it. Whereas all, I've seen a lot of coaches at other gyms. It's like you, their way or the highway. And it's like, you can't make someone fight a way they're not going to fight. I, I'm always going to fight the best the way that I'm my mentally set on fighting. If my goal is to put my hands up and walk forward and try to take you out, and that's what I'm set on and I feel it, that's the way I'm going to fight. So if my coach tells me now you got to go on the outside and just move around like crazy and you know, like I don't want to do that. The so inner, you're going to be with an inner conflict. Yeah, so you're going to force. So Matt's never forced me to fight it away. You know, like yeah. he's told me I'm fucking stupid sometimes, you know, like, or like, he's like, you know, like you're crazy for fighting that way or doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you part know, of an open but it's part of it. Like, I remember I fought when I came down to M theory when I was fighting Rashal Malik from the Academy and he was a black belt in jujitsu. I had injured my hand sparring in Montreal and my hand was like, the ligaments were like, I couldn't even jab a pad without like, it was that. so much pain. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Matt was like, you know, his idea was kind of like, yeah, let's keep it on the feet. Use your other hand, try to kick. And I was like, I got, I'm like, I just, for some, something was in me. It was like, I got to take him down and I got to just elbow and just dominate. Like I just, I felt it. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. No one like, so I told Matt and he's like, okay, he's like, we'll do that. And I, I could tell a little bit of him ripping his hair out in the corner of like, this is risky. <laughs> was that in the match adjustment or was that right before? Right before, like after the hand thing, the day of the fight, I was hitting a pad. I, I threw a jab and it just started burning. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm like, I was like, I got to risk it. Take him down. I'm like, if he submits me, I'll live with it. But I'm like, I, I, I truly believed. I was like, I could stop him. And just, you know, nullify him. Because I've trained with, like, you know, black belt, black belt level jiu-jitsu guys. And I'm like, I know I could, especially in MMA, I could nullify him. So it was like a, a test. And, you know, under the situation, it was like, maybe it wasn't the smartest. But I'm like, I won the fight. And I dominated. So it's like, but Matt never, like, as soon as I did it in the first round, he's like, okay, let's get, like, you know, he jumped on and was like, let's get on it. So, That's yeah, so back awesome. to that is like, he's just, you know, he's just a super, you know, just guiding and supportive guy. You know, he's not like one of those guys that tells everyone what they have to do. He's there to coach you when you need him. Um, he's there to listen when you need him, but he's not like, you know, and I think that's what a lot of people respect about him. He lets you, you know, the jiu-jitsu guys kind of do their own thing. They get to, you know, explore what they want to do in jiu-jitsu. Um, but he's just kind of jumping around. He's so fucking busy. You know, he's running basically everything at our gym. Box, like, you know, we got our competitive boxers. We got, you know, the MMA guys fighting, the jiu-jitsu guys traveling all over, doing their quintets, doing all that. So it's like he kind of just oversees everything and everyone just bounces ideas off, off of him. And I love that too because for me, I'm like, I, I need to take my training more serious than any coach in the world. I've always thought that way. I'm like, no one's going to like make me go to the gym every day. 
I'm like, I'm there because I love this shit. I'm like, I'm up late. I'm like, I'm writing down what I'm going to be doing the next day, planning sessions. You know, even when Matt tells me, hey, we're hitting pads, I plan stuff just in case. What if he gets sick or, you know, like he can't make it for some reason. I need to have a plan when I go to train. Um, so there's always something to do, right? So I'm always kind of coaching myself as well. But it, I feel like it wouldn't work if he was uh, one of those coaches that just was like, hey, you got to do this. Or Well, and if you need a coach to pull you in and to motivate you, yeah. you're, you're already behind. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it, that can work, but you're already behind. Yeah. Yeah, he, he reminds me a lot of Ishmael. Yeah, you know, is that Matt, Matt was my first coach. Yeah, like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for for Matt Riche and like yeah. Leading Edge. So always grateful. But I think I gravitated towards M Theory as well. Ishmael's same kind of yeah. thing. He's the quintessential guide, supporting yeah. guy, and and my relationship with him is the same. Is very similar. Yeah, you know, Ishmael going into this match. What do you think of this? And he'll just kind of give you ideas to play yeah. with and. I like that a lot. And I've had other coaches that were much more hands-on and they were almost like, it wasn't really based in reality. It was too much bravado. And And they, and they kind of take over and they want you to do what they do or like, you know what they think will work. Just do this. Yeah. Or yeah. (laughs) We'll call it a master plan fallacy. Yeah. I've got this master plan. Well, that's yeah. just not the reality of the game. There's too many variables. Even yeah. just what's going on in your head today, it could change the master plan, right? Yeah, it was kind of cool this camp too. I was working with uh, like a mental coach. And even though I'm like, I feel like mentally, I'm like I super, like, you know, like it's one of my best traits is like my mental fortitude and like the way I approach fighting it from a mental aspect. But I'm like, it's like sharpening a sword. I'm like, I could be even better at this. So I worked with a mental coach and it, we kind of like, I learned a lot about, strategic planning and like you know you got to look at like for a fight it's like looking at your opponent's strengths and how you're going to overcome them specifically you know like not just their specific techniques like you know their attributes strength so it's like we listed out like 15 things for this fight camp that my opponent like all his strengths how we're going to over uh how we're going to overcome those strengths especially starting from the top and then you know their weaknesses how you're going to exploit them so it's like looking at both sides. And in the past, fights that I've lost, like some close decisions, I kind of underestimated guys. I only looked at their weaknesses. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this, this, and this when he, you know, and that's how I'm going to exploit it. But now I'm really, you know, I'm just trying to balance it where I look at their strengths as well. And I'm like, hey, this guy's a good wrestler. What am I going to do to stop this? You know, or they got great control. Okay, how am I going to escape? You know, and like just kind of having that fine balance so that you walk in that cage and for me, I've kind of had to, even with the last guy that I fought, I kind of made him out to be a bigger monster than he was. I was like, you know, I was like, hey, his striking is world-class, even though it, it, it was good, but it wasn't world-class. I was like, if he hits you, you can go to sleep. You know, and it, it made me so sharp mentally that I went in there. One of the first left hand, like straight lefts I threw, wobbled him. And I was like, holy fuck. I'm like, I could beat this guy on the feet, you know? So it's like, but I was, it was about the mental approach. Like I was so dialed in. I wasn't even nervous. I was excited to get in that cage because I knew like the task at hand and I knew what I needed to do versus past fights. I feel like I would get nervous because I'm just like, okay, I got to like psychologically deep. I'm like, okay, I got to exploit these weaknesses. But I'm like, I didn't even think about what am I going to do when he does his, like when he brings out his strengths in the fight, which it's a fight, it's going to happen, right? So how could you talk about Preparing for competition, and and this can kind of, I think people can maybe like um, relate to this. How how do you prepare for that day, that moment? Because in training, you know, you're 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 Devin. You're yeah. not you're not the dream in yeah. training, right? Yeah. So how do you? What does that transition look like when you go from 
that guy to yeah. the dream who's ready to go to war. I mean, yeah. I, I see you fight in there. And how do you mentally prepare yourself for taking this damage and moving forward and saying yeah. things like I'm ready to die in there because yeah. that that's heavy to me. Yeah. But that's, that's not every day here. That's, yeah. there's a mental switch there. So like, when does that happen for you? How does that happen? And, I mean, uh, I feel like I kind of throughout fight camp. It's like every, it's like day by day. I, I look at it as like, you know, say a hundred days out from a fight. It's a lot of physical, right? You're just building your physical, you you know, you're building your cardio, you know, your strength, everything like that, just everything physical, physically training. Like I'm rolling, just doing jiu-jitsu, it's physical. And then as the fight comes, it starts to shift to a lot mental. You know, day by day, I feel like I'm just more in my own head planning, you know, like a lot of visualization and like just being prepared for, yeah, the worst case scenarios. And like, you know, it's like, it's a dark mindset mm -hmm. that you got to go in is like, I, I really think about hurting the guy, feeling the shots, you know, and just like, like I said, being prepared to die is, it's a, uh, it's something that I'm like, it's a mindset that like you don't just wake up one day and you're like, I'm prepared to die for this. You have to build it. You could it, say it. You could say anybody could say it, but it's like you could see it when guys fight. You know, if you, the guys that say it and you watch them fight, you're like, yes, that guy is prepared to die. And uh, for me, it's just, you know, it's I just build that mindset, you know, throughout camp. It's just like I just and it, it comes from the hard training, too, when you really push in through and you go through these hard days and, you know, you just, you know you just keep pushing no matter what, when things are tough, you get injuries, everything in camp. I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm like, I just, I just know too. And I think a lot of it just comes from within, you know, I feel like a lot of guys, like you get into this, it's like either have it or you don't in that sense. Cause some guys are in there to compete. They just want to either win or they want to lose for me. Like I'm like, I want to do damage to these guys and hurt them just so that I can get to the highest level. You know, it's nothing personal with anyone. It's just like, I want to hurt them as badly as possible so that I can get to the highest level. It's like, I, of course, I don't want to die in here, but it's like, am I willing? Hell yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. It's heavy stuff, man. It is, but it's just like, like I mean, most of us, it's like, we don't want to die. And I don't think any, like, that's the mental attitude too. It's like, I don't think anybody is capable of killing me in there. But I'm like, those are the fights I want. If someone's like, hey, that guy could kill you. I'm like, okay, let's fight then. Let's see who walks out there alive. That's the mentality I've always had. Um, growing up fighting and stuff like that, I've always enjoyed it. And for me, like getting paid to do this and actually getting time to prepare, it's like, it's like a luxury, you know? Yeah, like I've I, and I've seen you fight in it, yeah. and I've seen you, you know, you start to take damage in a fight. This is when a lot of people will start to look at how do I get out of here? Yeah. You know, start to get that fight or flight response. I really yeah. do. When I see you fight, I see fight response. And yeah. maybe that does come from within. Yeah, and you, and you, I feel like people... It's got to be within because there's times where I've been dropped in one fight and I don't even remember it. Like I remember in, in the back after the fight, the doctor was like, hey, how you feeling? You got dropped. And I looked at Matt and I'm like, I didn't get fucking dropped. And Matt's like, <laughs> I'm like, don't lie to me. And he's like, it, we laugh about it now. But he's like, yeah, you got dropped bad. Not bad, but I hit my ass up, but I pop right up and I started waving the guy on. And Matt and Kelton in my corner are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're rocked. Why are you telling the guy to... But, and then I was just, I was trying to bait him in so I could try to fucking knock him out. But I'm like, I don't even remember this. So that's just me on autopilot. Yeah. So I'm like, your that auto, kind of, your autopilot is a fight response. Yeah. That's what I mean. So it kind of <laughs> reinforced in my mind. I'm like, cause yeah, of course, when I, before I started fighting, I was just saying, yeah, I'm ready to die for this. But I'm like, I didn't really truly know. So you got to be battle tested. You know, you got to go in there, you got to go to battle. And when it gets tough, you got to keep pushing and you got to keep fighting. Um, because everyone, everyone has a breaking point, you know? But some people, my I feel like my breaking point is death. Like when I break is when I die. I'm not going to break in that cage 
unless you kill me or the time runs out, you know, as long as we're, there's still time, it's like, I'm not, or it's like, you know, you put me away, you got to knock me out. If you knock me out and I'm unconscious, yeah, the fight's over, but it's like, I didn't break. You just took my, you took my consciousness. So that, that I've always been able to accept. I'll never accept quitting in there, you know, and I, and I feel like I never will. You know, because well, once you're willing to accept it, that means you're going to hesitate. And when you hesitate, you lose the fight. Exactly. Right. So it's for me, it's just like, you know, losing is, is always made me better. I'm, I'm always prepared, not prepared to lose, but I'm willing to take my L's if they're there, but I'm not willing to quit. You know, I don't care who it is. If I got to get my ass beat for 15 minutes straight or 25, I'll do it, but I won't quit because it's like, as long as I still have a chance to win the fight, I could still win. Right. So down two rounds is like, I'm still going to fight. So I feel like a lot of guys need that mentality is like, why are you going to quit in there as soon as it gets hard? Right. But that's why like a lot of the training in the gym is like, you got to go through those hard days. You got to have the days where getting your ass kicked. So that's why I like to go to these big gyms and train with new guys. Cause like, even if I'm like on the same level technically as them, it's like, you know, they do shit you haven't seen before. And sometimes I've been in gyms and guys hit me with hard body shots and I'm like, I take a deep breath and it's shooting pain in my fucking liver. And I'm like, fuck, this sucks. But I'm like, I ain't quitting. So then when I go in the fight, I know I'm prepared for that, right? So coming back to even jiu-jitsu, it's like you train with guys and they don't know what you're going to do. But it's like, how are you going to respond? They throw a deep choke on. It's like, how are you going to respond? You're just going to quit because, oh, I haven't, oh, it's new guy. He's choking me. It's like, well, no, fuck that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to pop out of this. So so then you're going to Vegas today. Yeah. What do you, what's what do you anticipate? What's what's coming your way at this training camp? So where, yeah, say where it is again. Ex- Extreme Couture. So they actually they won Gym of the Year this year. So they're the number one gym in the world, which is cool. At the, so at the time being, they're the number one ranked gym in the world. Um, and they just got a lot of they got a lot of good uh, good uh, fighters in PFL, UFC, Bellator. Like they got just killers row. So for me, I'm just happy to jump in that environment, train with world champions get better, take my licks, spar, you know, get, and just get prepared. I'm fighting a five round fight. So it's like, there's a lot of, uh, I got to bank a lot of rounds. That's the way I look at it. Right. Like there's only, yeah, a lot of rounds to bank. Got to have capacity for it. It's a phone ringing. (laughs) It's a ridiculous ringtone. Yeah. I was like, what Uh, is that? (laughs) Shout out to Shavong for hooking us up with that ridiculous ringtone. How long is the fight camp in Vegas? Uh, About three and a half weeks. So I'm coming back with, I always come back with like a week to spare, like not fight week. I like to come back the week before because some of these camps I get banged up and, you know, I back home, I got all my physio, Cairo people around me being able to tune my body up. So it's like, I like to come back with like a week, a week of training too. And then it also allows me to, you know, things I've learned in the camp, things that I struggled with. It gives me and coach Matt a week to kind of dial in and get back on the same page. Right. Cause when we're there, or when I'm in Vegas, I text them pretty much every day saying, hey, I got rounds with this guy, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I, you know, I like to just kind of let him know what's going on so you can know. I'm like, and I'm all, brutally honest with him. Like, hey, you know, I sparred a big guy. He really put it on me today and like blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it'll give me some feedback, but it's more just kind of keeping him in the loop so that when I come back, it's like, and it's easy to forget you're training three times a day. So I like to just give him a summary of my training. And then when we come back, we get on the same page and then, you know put uh, put some things to work because I, I work with coaches there as well like I kind of I don't know a lot of the the coaches I know Jake Shields is the the jiu-jitsu like grappling coach which I've always liked Jake no big deal um, so yeah so I like I, I'm excited to work with a lot of guys and like sometimes you learn some game-changing things especially in a fight camp right I'm approaching a specific opponent and sometimes there's uh you know like a game ch- a technique that I'm like you know really hits you know because it's going back to uh 
mentality. It's just like you want to do things that you like, you know? So when someone teaches you something that you're like, wow, this is valuable to me, you're a lot, you're going to be confident to pull it off in competition, right? Or in the training room. So for me, I'm like, it's just about the old Bruce Lee aspect of like pulling in what is useful, disregarding what's yeah. useless, you know? Because there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll probably never do that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that last week is that when you really kind of dial in like what tr- what training camp felt like? What do you think? Yeah. The, how do you think the fight's going to go? Start to yeah. really think about the game plan yeah. then. Yeah, I feel like at the beginning of, tra- of training camp, you always have like a, a a very like broad vision of how the fight's going to go. And by the the week before the fight, I pretty much always know, not always know, but I pretty much know how the fight's going to go within a, you know, like it's very narrow. You're like, hey, this is what he's going to show me this like you know how you're gonna approach it and like sometimes yeah your approaches don't go right or you know you're like okay i'm gonna stuff the takedowns maybe they get one and then you get back up and then it goes back to the way you envisioned it right so there's always little bumps in the road along the way fighting ain't perfect if it was fuck i'd just knock everybody out and go to the ufc but then it wouldn't be worth it wouldn't be a thing it wouldn't be a thing the reason why i love this so much is because it's so hard and everything you go through you know i was sitting in bed last night talking to my training partner kelton who fought for lfa and he was just like he was just so ecstatic to win and I was just so pumped too. But he was like, you know, like he's like the fight was easy and people see that and they're like, ah, oh, man, it's easy. But it's like they don't see all the hardship behind the scenes, all the, you know, all the rounds you got to put in and all the beatings you got to take to get there and make it look easy. So it's like that's almost more rewarding than the fight. The fight is just like it's almost it's the payoff. It's the payoff, right? But it's just like the hardest yeah. thing in the world is making a hard thing. Yeah, look it's easy. like the investment too. It's yeah. like I was doing a little bit. We were at Mystic Lake doing a little bit of blackjack at the <laughs> tables. Like the first night we got there, we were just playing two dollar hands, and like I won like a hundred dollars. But it's like I had to fucking, I had to put in like fifty hands to get that. So it's like I didn't care about that black hundred dollar chip at the end. I was like, I was. It was about each hand that I got that I hit, you know, that I got to. So it's like fight. It's the same way. It's like it's about the build up and all the, all the little wins that you get throughout a fight camp, that for me have more value than the actual fight itself i go in and i win and I, after it's done i'm like i knew that was going to happen and yeah of course there's adrenaline i'm excited but i'm like i'm looking back and i'm like i'm proud of everything i did in training camp and how much better i got and the adversity that was thrown at me i overcame so that has more value but people don't see that yeah but the, that's the cool thing going back to the road to gold yeah. is we're trying to show that as yeah, well yeah. show the lead up and you know all the little bumps and everything that happens so that people could really see and appreciate the win on a bigger level than just like, oh, you got your hand raised. Let's yeah. post this on my Instagram story, blah, blah, blah. Right? Like, yeah. So deeper view of it. Yeah. Do, do you have like a, a generalized sort of fight style and game plan and then you meld it to the next opponent? Or do you try to kind of stay as an open blank slate? And then just absorb the opponent. You, you know, follow yeah, what I mean? Like, I, I know what do you I have mean. a yeah, fight I, style that I, I go with, or do I just take who's coming? I feel me? like you just kind of naturally over time, like I've kind of built my fight style. And I, I think it's always like for MMA, it's like being as well rounded as possible is always the best approach, right? You got to be good everywhere. Like, kind of like the George St. Pierre approach of like, you know, I'm fighting a grappler. All right, let's keep it on the feet, keep them uncomfortable, and beat them on the feet. If I'm fighting a striker, okay, let's close the distance, take them down, make them uncomfortable. Um, so for me, out of camp and even in training camp, I'm just trying to get is the best I can everywhere. Striking, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, I'm just trying to get as good as possible, put all these pieces together because that's the big thing in MMA is putting the pieces together. You could be a black belt in jiu-jitsu, a Division I uh, All-American wrestler. Um, you could have 200 fights in Muay Thai from Thailand and be one of the best ever. But if you can't mix that together, I mean, in MMA, it could almost be useless, right? 
even with like those individual pieces. So for me, mixing it is very important, putting the pieces together. And then when I get a specific fight, I just look at it from a strategic and tactical standpoint of how can I beat them the easiest. But then there's also a bit of, which I've kind of uh, lately been, you know, had a switch in mentality is like, it's also about, you know, you want to get to the big show, you need impressive performances. So you kind of have to balance that of, I need to get the win, but I need to be impressive. So you have to, you know, you have to find areas in a fight where you could risk more for high reward without losing. But then that comes back to tactical. I don't care about the game plan. My, like if Sean Stebbins listens to this, he's a wrestler. For me, I, I want to stuff the takedown and knock his, knock his lights out because that's, that's going to create a highlight. That is going to get me elevated to the next level. And it's like, he's still got to stop that, right? So for me, I, yeah, I, I truly, I think I could take him down, beat his ass and submit him or TKO him. But I think the approach is better to stuff the takedown and knock him out on the feet. Because that's what, you know, some of the big shows, that's what they want. So it's like, for me, I'm like, I'm going to give it to them. So. Give advice to somebody who's listening to this and wants to take this same path. Just, man, just show up and start training every day. And yeah, and do it because you love it. Like, if you don't actually love it, like, because I've met a lot, like, you know, if you're just watching UFC and you're like, wow, I like, you know, a lot of people are just envious. They see like fighters and they're like, oh, they got a nice car. They got a hot girlfriend. It's like, if you're doing for that, don't even fucking do it. That's my advice because I'm just going to save you a lot of brain cells and a lot of time. But if you love this sport or you love jujitsu, whatever you love, just go to the gym every day and start training and just, you know, just get in there and be dedicated and good, good things will happen because the guys that dedicate themselves, you know, you become undeniable, you know, like eventually, you know, like that's all I did is I had a wrestling background. I was pretty decent at everything, but I just went and trained every day for years. And then my coach was like, Hey, you want to fight in a couple weeks? Cause he knew I was ready. So just go in the gym, get your skills up and be undeniable. And like, just start building, building fights, man. And just get the ball rolling. Cause a lot of people are like scared. They, you know, they're scared to get started, but it's like, you know, you're not going to have your first fight for a while. So it's like, go in the gym, build your confidence, you know? get a blue belt, blah, blah, blah. Like just build, build yourself up from the ground. And then, uh, yeah, you'll be, you'll be doing good soon. Should I train longer before my first fight? Like it's sort of a necessity up in Canada, it sounds. Yeah. And probably a lot of guys down here probably jump in just cause there's one this weekend. Are, are you going to have, are you going to have a fight? Not me personally. No, never. But, but How should dare someone, you? But should, should, should somebody just push it back a while? Like I take another a, few I, months. I don't think a while. I, I think you should trust, always trust your coaches because yeah. if your coaches have, like if your coaches have experience that they should know if they're a good coach when you're ready. But I just think my, my coach Matt has told me and it's just like, it makes sense is like for, to put anyone in that cage from our gym, you have to be able to win everywhere. You don't have to be world-class or good. You have to be able to strike and win the fight there. You have to be able to wrestle and win the fight there. And then you have to be able to win the fight on the ground. If you can't do all three of those, then you're not, in our opinion, you're not in a position to fight. And that kind of makes sense, right? Like if you're just a pure jiu-jitsu guy, yeah, you got to take the time to get your striking and your wrestling up to par so you could win the fight there. That doesn't mean that you don't use your jujitsu to win the fight. That's the path of least resistance. But our approach, and that's probably why we don't put as many guys in and we have a very good record within our fighters um, because we, we, our coaches make sure you got to be able to win everywhere. You're not getting in that cage if you can't win the fight on the feet, wrestling, on the cage, or on the ground. So, so you're not going to jump in a fight, hope for the yeah. best on the ground, and then fix the striking yeah, game later. That, so I think because I think that limits you and then you take unnecessary damage. You go in, you get pounded out, and then maybe you quit. But it's like if you would have took an extra year just to get that confidence up in the striking, wrestling, and then, yeah, take the guy down, submit him, 
It's like, you know, you're saving yourself in the long run. So I think it's a, a little bit of an investment. Um, and especially if it's doing MMA. And I always tell people, it's like, if you want to just do fucking jujitsu, bro. Like, you know, why, why does everyone got to do MMA? If, if it, yeah, just do, like Absolutely. nothing wrong. I, I have a lot of respect for jiu-jitsu. I love jiu-jitsu, guys. It's a different lane. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you don't want to get hit or it's like you don't want to do all that other hard work, then just do jiu-jitsu. People respect that as well. Yeah. And you and, can just compete in jiu-jitsu yeah. from, from like a few months in yeah. to yeah. being, you know, older. Yeah. There's an avenue for you to, to compete and, in jiu-jitsu. I, I, you know, that's, maybe that's just the reality of you're not taking damage yeah. the same way that you can that you can actually compete and not have grave consequences. And it's competition experience. Like if you I always tell beginners too, I'm like if you want to fight MMA faster, jump into amateur boxing, kickboxing and jiu-jitsu tournaments first and that will get your experience up and then you'll fight sooner. So, jump into it. Um and yeah, jiu-jitsu's fucking hella fun. It's probably the most I would say the most fun just like, I don't know, the word fun. I don't know if there's a better word, but it's probably the most fun for me out of all training. Not, I'm not saying it's not hard, but it's almost fun. You know, like MMA sparring, when I got, I'm looking over and there's a guy from fucking Dagestan at Extreme Couture that's 18 and 0. I'm like, I'm like, this is, it's a different kind of fun. It's gonna, it's like a dark fun. You know, it's like, we're fighting for our lives in here. Jiu-jitsu is fun. Even yeah. if you're way better than me, right. I'm like, oh, you're gonna jump on my back and choke me. I'm like, now it's it's like a game for me. It's I'm really like, playful yeah, too. it's playful, and you know, like most guys are not dicks. They don't try to rip you. Like yeah. I feel like I'm more of a dick than like some of the guys I was with today. I'm like covering their mouth a bit, and I could tell, or they're like <laughs> going for shit, and I just frame on their face or put my knee on their face, and I'm like, maybe that. I'm a dick. Yeah, I'm that. like I'm being a little bit of a dick, but I'm like, well, you're better at jujitsu than me, so I'm like, I got to do something. That was butcher though. He likes it. Yeah, he, he likes it. I was doing that to him because yeah. I think he was trying to buggy choke me. And yeah, I, yeah. He, that's one of the new ones that you could probably talk about. I don't really know how to fucking get out of it. No, I got a funny story actually. Frost the hobby buggy choked me and then was like, yeah, he's like, that doesn't, he's like, it doesn't fucking work on anybody here. And I'm like, but it works on fucking me in my head. <laughs> and no, but it was, I was just out of town and he threw me in one and I'm like, I don't fucking know how to get out. And I'm like, and I like, I'm not afraid to admit that it's kind of like a new thing. Yeah. So I like, I just frame on them or try to put my knee on their face and fuck it works sometimes. So but there was a point where if you knew any kind of leg locks, you were about to leg lock everybody. Cause nobody knew how to stop yeah. it and get out of it. Same I mean, kind of thing. They're, they're, this ve- weird buggy they're, they're very hard. Like Morgan, I'll, I'll attest that to you. You're really good at controlling the legs and getting to them and like i'd get one free then you'd grab the other mm. and i'm like get off my legs gringo in the words <laughs> of craig jones i'm like and for me that's uh, that's an area too like i'm like i'm not super polished there like in mma i've had guys try to do it and i could always just punch their face but in jujitsu you have to actually have technique and I, I don't feel like i'm bad at it but it's like i i get in those like pretzel positions and i feel stuck yeah you know like we got in a few today where I'm like, I'm not getting submitted, but I'm like, we're fucking stuck here. I'm like, it'd be nice to know how to get out of this shit. Like when your legs are all interlocked, it's kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, even for the attacking guy, yeah. it's kind of like right. stuck, you know? So, but yeah, it's, uh, there's not many positions other than maybe like a standing position. Like if you look at some of the leg locking positions, both people have the same position and it yeah. almost doesn't exist ever else because yeah. both people have neutral. Yeah. You know, you know, and and it's a closed system a lot of times. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard to enter and exit depending on like the alignment. Of the and legs. it's like, you kind of get like one, like if you're attacking sometimes, like even in like 50, 50, you kind of get like, you know, yeah. you forget about your own leg and you start just attacking theirs. I've been submitted that way before by guys that are good. It's like, I just start grabbing their leg and then next thing you know what, they're fucking reefing on my leg. Yeah. And I'm like, stop that. It's my turn. That's why I like Americanas. <laughs> I know if I've got an Americana grip, 
I'm probably doing pretty good. I don't have to worry about this weird mutual action <laughs> of the yeah, leg. Your legs are probably okay when you're doing that. Or your arms true. are okay. It's true. No surprises. No. When are you going to the UFC? When? I'm hoping by the end of this year. You know, I, I know that uh, I'm 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 in touch with reality. I'm like, if it's not this year, that's uh, my goal. I've, I like to write out my goals because you mm-hmm. got to have something to motivate you every day. Mm-hmm. So for me this year, I'm like, I want to get four fights, four finishes, win a couple belts. Um, and I think I'll be ready by then, you know, because I've had, I know, like people that I know connected for Dana White's contender series that are like, hey, I'm ready to toss your name out, win the belt, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, you know, I think a few more fights wouldn't be bad. But it's like after this fight, I'll be five and two. I feel like I'm very battle tested. I'd won a belt. And I, there's other guys getting on there. There was a guy that just fought for LFA that was uh, six and two. Um, he just fought on the contender series. It's like, so I know my record's close to there, but it's like, I'd like to be undeniable. I think if I get four finishes, I'd be eight and two. Um, and I just, yeah, I think it, if I don't get it there this year, then maybe sometime early next year. You but just keep building a resume. Just keep building, you know, in the UFC's, uh, they, they want to come to Canada a lot more and they need Canadian fighters as well. And they want exciting fighters. And I feel like I have an exciting style win, lose or draw. It's going to be an exciting style or exciting fight. You know, at that UFC level, I know the guys are so good that I'm like, if I do lose or if I fight a tough guy, it's like I'm willing to put on a show for the fans as well. You know, I'm willing to go out there and risk it all and either try to knock the guy out or get knocked out. So is that a little bit how that works? It's kind of you got to know a guy who knows a guy and get your word tossed out there. Yeah, somewhat like that, you know, because there's so many fighters these days. But I mean, I think it's just, uh, you know, winning regional belts is a very good step. And I mean, everyone knows that it's just like it's the same thing in jiu-jitsu. Like you win the regional you know, tournaments, the ADCC, whatever, West Coast, yeah, whatever yeah, it is, right. you win those opens in the area, you're always in a good place. So for me, winning this belt in February is going to put me in a good place, but I, I don't think it means I'm UFC, like the UFC should call me right away. I'm not, you know, I'm not that egotistical, like, oh, they're just going to, like, I think I got to win the belt. I'd like to defend it, you know, and then try to get some big, like, you know, LFA fights or try to go for their belt as well. You know, get a few belts and be undeniable because like, I want it going back to it. I want to feel like it's earned there. I don't want to get signed by the UFC and everyone be like, why the fuck is this guy there? You know, and I feel like there's always going to be people that will. But I think it, I'm going to get there faster than some other guys because I have a lot like I have a lot of finishes and I have an exciting style and I got a good personality. You know, and I, I do a lot of media, other stuff to help promote fights. And I care about this where some guys don't. So you got frosted tips. too. That's true. Yeah, that's the Canadian uh, Canadian style. Is it? Is that a Canadian I thing? No I don't idea. know. I'm just talking How long shit. have you had the blonde? Uh, a couple of months. I, I did it before ADCC just to kind of. Yeah, it's, it's refreshing. That makes sense. Isn't it refreshing? Yeah. Yeah, it like is. when you get, like I had a mullet for like five years. Mm. And the, I like makes sense too. I like the mullet. It's a super Canadian thing to have. And then after a while, it's just kind of, you know, I kind of, mine honestly, like I was, I got inspired, like Charles Oliveira. When he was on his tear, he was going blonde, and I feel like a lot of other fighters did it. I don't have to lie and be like, ah, oh, it's a, like, I just seen him do it, and I was like, I need to start finishing motherfuckers like Charles <laughs> Oliver with my blonde hair. And I, I, since I've dyed the blonde hair, I'm undefeated at flyweight, two finishes, so yeah, I'm keeping uh, it until I get knocked out. I think I just did it because it's nice when you're like training for something and you know, you feel different. Yeah. Like you feel prepared, and then. It's like something's got to change. Like blonde, like, blonde yeah, Morgan, this, blonde yeah. Morgan. Like people are more fearful of you. They're like, damn, it's he's like, sharper it's like than turning him. the hat around. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you're exactly. ready to step up to yeah. the table. Yeah, everyone's got everyone's got their own little thing and things that I think it's just cool to, you know, especially in MMA where it's like it's a huge community, even jiu-jitsu too. Like you go to a tournament, people might not know your name, but like they might recognize you as like, oh, you remember the guy with the blonde hair? 
fucking doing Imanari roles, blah, 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 or whatever. For me, I'm like, I'm the blonde guy that's wearing pit vipers in all the interviews, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so it, it, there's a way for people to recognize yeah. me as like a figure, right? Without knowing me, they could be like, oh, I've seen yeah. that guy before because he stands out. So for me, it's a little bit of marketing stuff too. Yeah. And I'm just trying to find little cool ways that are fun for me too. I like the pit vipers. I just fucking like the glasses. I think they look cool. I think they're sick. I wear them when I drive, when it's fucking sunny out, you know, like, so I'm like, but then in interviews, I just wear them. And like, I, now yeah. that I've been wearing them so much, when I get new interviews that I've been doing, like the person will text me and be like, can you wear the glasses? And yeah. I'm like, sure. I'm like, it's 8 PM in my house and it's dark. And I'm like, sure. So it's just kind of, you know, well, and that's good. Like I'm normie trash when it comes to like UFC and, yeah. and just MMA in general. I'm not a good sports fan. I don't remember people's records and all yeah. this stuff. But like, if you go into a fight with green hair, yeah, I'm gonna remember you. Yeah, I might not remember your name. Like, it's like the Sean O'Malley thing, right? That's like everyone who, exactly knows. Who I was everyone thinking. knows what he looks like. Yep. You know, you know. Even if you don't know him, you're like, oh, that fucking guy. Right. Like you know, mm -hmm. be branding. that fucking guy. Sometimes that's all you got to do is be that fucking guy that stands out. So nice. Sounds like a good place to stop. Unless yeah. you guys got other stuff. What do you think? Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah right for me. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, right, thanks, thanks, man. I appreciate you I appreciate having me you, on. It was yeah. good to get to know you, and it's very cool in the gym. I feel like this is a. Last thing I'll say is like, it's just a, a good place to do a podcast. You know, we're like at <laughs> yeah. home, like, you know, we all train. It's yeah. just like, if, it feels like we're just talking right yeah. now. Yeah. I've done, I've done it here a bunch of times because it's literally that we're exhausted from training. We're all here. Fuck it. Let's talk into some microphones. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Easy. Thanks, Appreciate bro. it, brother. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks everyone for tuning into another episode of the Pohada Podcast. And hey, if you're a regular listener, head on over to the Pohada Podcast on Instagram, where amongst the ridiculous memes, you'll find a link to the merch shop and be able to keep up with the disorganized going-ons of the show. And hey, before you go, here's a little preview of an upcoming episode. That first year was one of the most humbling experiences I think I've ever gone through. I mean, there were literal days where I would... I was on the verge of tears on the ride home sometimes, or just like, just in practice, just getting my butt handed to me over and over and over again, being this lifelong basketball player who, I happen to have an older brother, so I knew what it was like to take a, an ass whooping a little bit, so, <laughs> so I at least had that going for yeah. me, but, but yeah, I got my butt kicked a lot before I finally started having a little taste of victory and everything like that, but. Big um, difference between taking one in the basement until he gets bored and getting your ass handed to you for an hour and a half at wrestling practice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. By multiple people who are yeah. just like, come on, toughen up buttercup, mm -hmm. you know? So.